Welcome, friends, to the Enduring Gifts of Marvin Gaye podcast. Brought to you by your 26-year listening veteran, Jessica. Join me as we celebrate these enduring gifts, the songs of Marvin Gaye. In each episode, I will share insights about the music and recount life experiences tied to it. I'm hoping to inspire you to take a first or your 500 first listen to these songs that are truly the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. Good hot evening. I don't know where you are in the world, but where I am at, it is hotter than July. (laughs) It's not July anymore either, so it's hotter than July because (laughs) it's team too much, okay? It's team too much today with how hot it is. But I wanted to do some real-time research with you here. So let's let's look up some things. I just looked up when was the national anthem written. It gave me the year 1814. And then I just did the math. I've got my little calculator here. So 205 years ago, that is written. And I've got a little statistic here. The Star Spangled Banner officially becomes the U.S. national anthem in 1931. And by the end of World War II, the NFL commissioner ordered that it be played at every football game. And it's pretty much um, played consistently um, throughout a lot of uh, national sports leagues, football, baseball, hockey, etc. So, but let's do what World War II ended in 1944, 45. Forgive me on that, but let's call it 45 you know, 74 years, but let's go to 205 years, right? Because that's how long the song's been being approached, right? Uh, being delivered. It's got that length of history to it. Um, yes, I love that number 205 years. It gets performed around the world, right? I'm thinking of any time we have the Olympics, um, you know, every country that's represented, you win your medal, you get your anthem played. You win your gold medal, you get your anthem played. So it play, it's played around the world. It's played a lot, right? The national anthem, the United States national anthem, 205 years old. I, and I, I have been Googling. I was like, how many times has the national anthem been performed? It won't even give me a number. That's how many times the national anthem. <laughs> but it's been being performed for, I just got that number, what was it, 74, 75 years? Um, so, yeah. Um, I want to just give some calls to action here really quickly just a really quick and it'll loop back to you know proceeding from here but um i 
think I'm struggling with my analytics on my uh, podcast and I've actually reached out to them because there's some things that are out of whack. So I don't think that I'm actually getting correct updates to, um, you know, the, the listens that are happening per episode, but there is a call to action, um, given the information that I do have access to, they are looking into it for me. And just, I will, I'm going to say this about using this app anchor. Um, that's one thing that they tout and just, uh, confess about themselves is that compared to other paid platforms that are out there for podcast hosting and that type of a thing that they know their analytics are not top notch. So I guess that's that's what I'm realizing right now, but it's not enough to make me think that I need to switch over <clears throat> to something that would be a expensive paid service that I don't think the analytics would be like tremendously uh, more accurate. So anyway, but that's all to say, given what I can see, here comes the call to action. I can see only what they're providing me right now that the episode save the children is pretty low and I'm gonna just that's a non-negotiable required um listen song right I I will stay to you know what I've pointed out before it's not necessarily about you needing to hear me ramble on if that doesn't if you don't need that then thanks for listening this far, you know what I mean? But um, I am pointing out the required listenings of Marvin Gaye's career. That's really the only way that I can kind of, you know, succinctly uh, explain that. And you know, maybe I didn't do I and I know I didn't say this in the actual episode, but it is a fact. And that's why I'm giving a call to action. That episode, or that song is Marvin Gaye's most important song of his career. So if you would like to get an understanding of the experience of that song, that episode is a required uh, listen to just help propel you into being in a space, being in, in cells, right? Like having your cells turned on to the place of being able to receive that song at the level that it, it has to be received at. So that's all that I'm saying. Like I've seen some of the other episodes have just kind of taken off and, and they're up there and I love that. But honestly though, for the exposure that I'm trying to give to Marvin Gaye's most important song of his entire career, and I can guarantee you Marvin Gaye would tell you that about that song for himself. Um, you've got to listen to the episode Save the Children if just for, you know, enough time to get to the understanding of, of the seconds of the song that are revealing uh, a space of Marvin Gaye's that he, I think he slipped up and uh, let be revealed of his abilities. 
Um, so yeah, you just, you need to hear the song. The episode is a great resource to, like I said, it'll just get your body cells vibrating on a level that from there, go listen to those seconds of the song that I break down for you. Okay. So that's all. It's not about guys. I make what I'm at. I am at pennies. There, there is no money gain <laughs> from all of these efforts of these different platforms that I'm on, uh, you know, just sharing this information. Uh, even just, I launched a, a YouTube channel, pretty much got it up and running, uh, with a, a good num- amount of content this past weekend. I'll, I'll make no money from posting Marvin Gaye songs. The only thing I love about it is that they do allow it to be posted. And when I say they, talking about the owners, the rights holders to Marvin Gaye's music, allow it to be posted because they will receive the revenue from the views and the, you know, the volume that it gets. So no money in it for me there. Um, It's just about, oh, the world has to hear this music. And it's so helpful if you have a backstory and you have an understanding of it as you get into it. It doesn't have to be the first time you're hearing it. Like I say in the intro to this series, it could be the 501st time that you're listening to it, but to just kind of have some corroboration, right? Just some, I hope I'm, I'm seeing that some of you are my ride or dies. I love it. I love it. I hope you're tripping as hard as I am about Marvin Gaye. (laughs) and I'm seeing you guys are around the world and I hope let's trip together let's trip so hard I need you to just be tripping hard with me so if you are tripping hard with me on the level that you can pick it up from me pretty quickly right into any episode it's pretty clear the depth that this thing is out for me. I hope it's that deep for you because congratulations if it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I congrats the fucking lations if it is because your life is uh, rich. Your life is is very uh, filled with a very precious resource. It's an on-demand. You got that. You have an on-demand in your back pocket, available 24-7, anytime you need it, on-demand source of joy. So congratulations. I, I love that for you. I love your life. Um, <clears throat> let's get to the statistics. 205 years. There has been uh, this one song in existence. It's called the United States National Anthem. It didn't start out being called that. And I, I like I just spent like five minutes looking into this in the year 1931. It is officially adopted as the national anthem for the United States of America. And 1945-ish, it becomes, um, you know, consistently played after or the beginning of sporting events. So, you know, a a lengthy history here. So, uh, if you're on this train, you know, if you're on this movement, then I'm going to the previous episode, the episode titled uh, Inner City Blues. And 
I mean, absolutely no disrespect when I say it. I, I listened back to it, and of course, I mean no disrespect. I think if you're listening at this episode from the beginning, you know the disrespect towards Marvin. That's not even a cell that exists in my DNA. It's not a possibility. But it's just, it's I can't help but refer to him the way that I did in the last episode, which is just he's the baddest motherfucker that there ever was. I mean, no disrespect when I say that. Of course, I mean only one hundred percent the opposite of that. And it's just to explain like the degree to which I recognize it. So, kind of needing to use that language is necessary in order to break that down. Um nothing well there are you know i guess i can't use that word there are there are many things that prove that point for me there are many things that prove that point for me but i think nothing proves that point that i'll be able to share to you better than the national anthem is 205 years old um it's been getting played, uh, okay, let me, let me, for 75 years at sporting events, so let's clarify what that means, by professional artists, right, pretty much, as I was googling the song, <laughs> this was a perfect little <laughs> tidbit tied to that song, it, it literally went ahead and said, like, if for anybody that's not a professional performing artist, the song is going to break your ass, right? It's going to kick your ass. It's going to break your ass. You are going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> and um, yeah, so and then though, so let's keep it. Let's keep it, you know, where we're at. Uh, even once we get into that pool of the professional performing artists. <laughs> it's still difficult for many of them we've got the flops right I think there's a lot of flops that we can all kind of think of um yeah so and I okay <laughs> here's how much I don't know the song <laughs> I can sing along to it with Marvin, and I can only sing along to it with Marvin. I can hear it in my head at any given point in time, Marvin's rendition. But I just from hearing, just from like, okay, let me try and sing it the way Marvin sing. I can't even, I can't even keep up right there. Like I can sing along with Marvin, but I can't remember the fucking lyrics to sing it without it. <laughs> you know they. Uh, they broke it down, okay, right? Like, our national anthem is a breakdown <laughs> of what our flag is about, dude. And I'm here for the flag, okay? I'm here for the flag. That's all I will say. I'm not gonna, I don't ever want this thing to become political or whatever, anything like that. But for me personally, I just do have such a respect, just literally for another there we go with that word but for the flag itself it's beautiful and it it just gives me such a sense of pride i am proud to be an american I'm proud to say that um you know there's so many aspects and elements of that that transcend 
the in the news headlines, things that can make you just be puzzled about what goes on here. Uh, and just, you know, puzzled about the world right now, right? But those things aside, I, I think like that appreciation of that flag for me, it just, it transcends all of that. I'm so proud to be an American. I was raised to be proud to be an American. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I, and I, I truly have respect for my country's flag. So, um, you know what, I'm going to record this much and then I'm even going to leave this in this episode. I will not edit this out because I'm going to explain to you what I'm about to pause this to go do because I just now I realized that I, I need to get some more information that I hope is available. So what I'm about to go do is I will pause this because I'm about to go get the book Divided Soul and I'm going to see if Marvin himself speaks to his process, his preparation, his Marvin, what the fuck? <laughs> for how he broke the world you know what I'm saying with the way that he went about delivering the Star Spangled Banner and so yeah I mean I'm not going to leave this running while I go do that but if I did like say I, I left it running right now I'm at 16 minutes 55 seconds I go, I leave this running, I go get the book, I do my research, I see if it's in there. You, in the meantime, could be listening to the song. Let's get on that level. I need you to, oh my goodness, have heard the song. Let me explain. Actually, before I go get the book, let me explain to you why I'm recording this episode right now. There's a twofold reason. Um, it is because it is the immediate follow-up to breaking it down, what I mean when I say Marvin Gaye. It's the baddest motherfucker that ever was, okay? And I just mean nothing but the utmost respect and exaltation of him when I'm saying that. Um, <clears throat> but in sequence of my 26 years of Marvin Gaye catalog absorption, we're hearing his 1983 NBA All-Star Game rendition of the Star Spangled Banner hits my intake is when I am listening to Marvin Gaye in the first month of me deciding that I am going to deep dive study the music of Marvin Gaye and how I very coincidentally, and it isn't coincidentally, it was meant to be, that I was able to be exposed to this square, large, beautiful box, literal box, hard box. You can like tap on the box um it's called the Marvin Gaye collection I am excited as fuck to be able to get these songs up onto the YouTube channel for you guys um I had have I pointed out the YouTube channel so I, I do have a little bonus uh clip on the the channel the podcast channel um revealing that I have launched this YouTube channel, but let me further, like right here in this episode, explain 
what my intention is with doing that is, like I said, I'm going to just give you the Marvin Gaye collection um, if they let me do it, right? Like, it, I really do feel like it kind of is song by song, um, a dipping of the toe to see if sharing the song is possible. However, I have what kind of really just gave me uh, the fuel, the fire to just give this thing a try on YouTube was the fact that if I just do a search on Marvin Gaye, um, you can access a lot of his songs on there. Um, and I, I did see one particular, it, I think it's a pretty newish channel that just, I think I had seen it kind of when it first came up and it, it had a little bit of material. And then one of the more recent times that I looked through it, it was just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I was like, oh, I think that this is possible. I think that you can, you know, post. I don't, and I don't want to say get away, but I think that you can uh, post Marvin Gaye's material on YouTube. But yeah, the, the way that that gets to happen is that you, you're not going to be able to make any money directly off of that. That money, as it should be, it goes to the, the owners uh, of his uh, music. And uh, that's just like I said, as it should be. But what it also, as it should be, is it therefore allows it to be a resource <clears throat> for free to the world of, therefore, the depth of Marvin Gaye's catalog. And feel free, dive in. It's, it's, it's around, it's everywhere. Um, but you know, take the journey with me and I will definitely be putting things up there with a twist, right? I'm going to be putting things up there that, yeah, maybe you can find it someplace else, but I'm going to be just kind of like, here it is for a purpose. Like right now today, listen to this. Um, I'm, yeah. If you want to trust me, which is what I'm hoping that we can, be in a space together with is that you can trust me, right? Like I'm not here for anything salacious about Marvin Gaye. I love to say that I'll, you know, if I could throw that into every episode, this is the first time you're hearing this series, rest assured on that. Nothing scandalous, nothing disrespectful, nothing but honor, adoration, respect for the genius that this man was and remains, you know, left behind for the world to still be able to explore. So I'm going to be posting things that, you know, I, I kind of am getting a feeling uh, you probably aren't going to find that in 50 other places. You know what I mean? You, you probably are not going to find that in 50 other places. I, I think I can, you know, rest assuredly say that. Um, I have the catalog, friends, and I'm happy to share it with you because, like I said, it was bothering me. I, I, I've gotten, as we've kind of gotten to two or three episodes back, I was just like, you have to have it. You have to find that. You have to listen to it. If you're trying to say you have, like, your doctorate level degree knowledge of Marvin Gaye, you've heard that song. But, you know, you, you have to spend money more than likely to get that song. Um, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm experiencing. So I do love Spotify, right? Like I've switched over to Spotify. 2019, I'm doing the Spotify thing. But um, we were getting to the very first album of Marvin's, the literal, his very first album with Motown. And I was like, okay, let me, you know, I know I haven't heard that in depth. I know that. Do I really even know one song on that album? 
yeah, I'm probably, if I hear it, I'll, I'll be like, okay, I've heard that before, but let me get to it and let me just do that test of myself. And so I was searching for it in Spotify and here's the limitations friends. And this is what I'm saying. Come with me because I'm going to give it to you for free. Um, Spotify has maybe two songs off of the album. They list the album and songs, they have the nerve that songs are grayed out. And I'm paying for the premium subscription there. There's no more of a package from Spotify (laughs) that I can pay for and be like, and y'all motherfuckers ain't giving me all of the songs on the Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye. Well, then that's when I needed to get my own life together because... It wasn't even when I realized that I couldn't listen to it there on Spotify. It was just like days, maybe more than a week later, I happened to, for some other reason, be going through my own inventory and in pristine, pretty much never opened, had I ever even taken this disc out and played it in anything. (laughs) I came across the fact that sitting there in my own collection, (laughs) was the disc dude so it was like oh my really jessica for real though (laughs) so it was like oh okay well okay well that's my fix for this the situation but i don't know if it could be the fix for you i don't know if you can go buy that disc wherever i must have ever bought it from you know what i mean so there's money. There's still there's still money required to to have your full 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 on collection. And here's what I'm just kind of thinking about. It's like, okay, what is value that I necessarily can bring to this situation? And here's what I think. Um it's like, yeah, there is access to pretty much the full catalog of Marvin minus songs, right? Minus important songs that you should be able to hear. Like, well, what the fuck? Like, if I can't listen to every song off of the Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye right here, where am I going to, you know, now you have to go about where are you going to get it, right? But here is the thing that just is not a part of online music streaming is the full experience of full albums, right? A full package that the artist put together and um, presented. Because, and especially in Marvin's time of music recording, right? Making entire albums was what these songs were all about. Yeah, there are going to be singles and there's going to be the hits and that's, that's still the way it is today. But there's an entire album that surrounds you know, and that is the sound that this, and they were all grouped together and they were all recorded and presented at the same time, right? There's a reason for that. And a kind of when all you get is a list, right? And then if you do like me, you make a playlist. And then if you do like me, you put it on shuffle, and you don't really know, you haven't heard those songs for 20 years prior to just, oh, now you also get to just have it electronically, then there is absolutely no context to the entireness of where that song comes from and where it came from, from the artist, right? And so that's the value that I hope that I'm presenting here is that we're getting the full exposure to the process that Marvin was going through and, and where it came from and what it's connected to and where it fell in line with things before and after. 
And, you know, I'm contemplating, it's like, I want to produce something complete for you guys, for everybody to just be like, here's your resource, right? I want to, I feel like a book is the good form for it, where it's like, this is what you need to know about the musical catalog of Marvin Gaye, because there, sure, there's having all of the songs, but without context when you get into these online streaming services actually let me do this right now and see how long this is going to take to load but um you know what do you get you get how long the song is and you get the name of the song and that's it hold on i'm getting into my playlist 731 songs of marvin and Okay, yeah, it's Sanctified Lady, Marvin Gaye, Savage in the Sock, Marvin Gaye, Masochistic Beauty, Marvin Gaye. It's not, I don't even see lengths here. It, it, when I'm just looking at my songs in the playlist, until I click on one, I see no. Who wrote it? How long is the song? Uh, is it telling me the album? No. Hold on. Is it telling me the album? Let me go back up to where I was those first few songs because that would tell me the album. No, it just says Marvin Gaye. It doesn't tell me the album that it came from. Um, and then I get into... Oh, hold on. I better stop that. I get into shuffling that shit. There's no way. I'm not going to know the album. I'm not going to know where that was in Marvin Gaye's career. I'm not going to know who he wrote that song with. I'm not going to know the package that he, you know, wrote all of that material together. So I do. I do hope that, you know, if you just want to listen along to a fellow obsessed fan like yourself, which, gosh, are you on my level, dude? Like, congratulations. I'm proud of you. And if you just want to hear somebody who is obsessed, you know, sharing their knowledge, then welcome, you know, and I hope that you just, you know, choose to listen as often as you can. Um, but, and I'm talking about to Marvin, you don't have to hear me. Um, so yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. All right. So now all of that, um, that's, the value that I'm hoping to bring to you, that's the, give me a little bit of time, right? Like, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm overwhelming myself and I, I need to stop trying to do that because you know what? I'm coming to learn and I realize the most important part is this content right here, okay? This is the value. This is the most important part. However many pins I repin or find to pin, no, at the end of the day, no. Um, but sharing my wealth of material, absolutely. So give me time. I do want to be creative with this. I am taking time to find relevant images. I want to give you um, titles. I want to, am I giving you albums? Um, in the descriptions, I'm giving you albums. Um I am always going to be posting the song that is tied to the episode. And then that's what I'm saying. Just give me a little bit of time. I will get the library up here. I'm going to just start bombarding the fuck out of the channel with the depth. I'm going to tell you, I'm uh, just give me look for this one. I heard this <laughs> the other day. And I was like, Oh my God, this is going on the channel. 
I just pulled it out. It is the Marvin Gaye, a tribute to the great Nat King Cole. It is the last song on that album. It's four minutes and four seconds long. It's called Calypso Blues. Check out the channel for that. That is the next song that's coming. I hope you've already heard that because you are writing like I am. But did you hear it yesterday? You know what I'm saying? When I heard that song, I was like, yes, Marvin, number one. Yes, for how rare is this song? How crazy is this song? And how am I, I promise you it's the next song that I'm posting on the channel in the song of the day uh, playlist. Look for that. Calypso Blues. Um, yeah, trust me. Just I want you to be able to feel like you can trust me with giving you Marvin Gaye. Um, so let me quickly pause this. I'm going to go get my book. I'm going to see if I can find from Marvin's own words. What the fuck? But except for, you know, he's just Marvin Gaye. So there might not there. Honestly, dude, they're really I'm not necessarily expecting to find anything. It was just Marvin Gaye. You know what I mean? There's, there's not really going to have to be a reason beyond he was just Marvin Gaye. You know, he was the baddest motherfucker that there ever was. So what the fuck would he do other than? The baddest, most unique, what the fuck, <laughs> delivery of a song that has been in existence. Okay, it's 205 years, right? It's 205 right now. Let's put it, let's make it fair. Let's go to when he did it, 1983 minus 1814, 169. All right, I'm going to give him... Give him little less credit right it's not 205 years it was only let me say it's only 169 years old when marvin did it right does that matter (laughs) i'm gonna tell you why it doesn't because and i'm going to explain back to how i was explaining to you in the previous episode when i'm terminologizing him <laughs> as the baddest motherfucker that there ever was that's it's the baddest motherfucker is the top line and then a little bit smaller text but right underneath it it's all tied together that there ever was is that you know why it fucking doesn't matter that it was only 169 years old when he recorded it it's 205 years old right now who the fuck has done it like that better than that anywhere near that since then baddest motherfucker that there ever was all right i will be back with you shortly to go see if i can find marvin explaining a little bit of his inspiration found it not in the book necessarily um the book says that on february 12th so but that's that sounds right that's accurate right marvin is a genius without peer so it's not going to take him a year to ruminate on a concept and think about executing it uh this performance was february 13th 1983 and uh he came up with that drum track that is the background the night before it said it was he was at his sister's apartment and he was with gordon banks who did a lot of the instrumentation on the sexual healing album. He was at Gordon Banks is actually his sister Ziola's husband at the time. Uh, 
um, and was a guitar player and, and did a lot of the um, just uh, musical production helping Marvin on that album. You actually see Gordon Banks from segments of um, Richard Olivier's movie, Remember Marvin. Uh, there's a scene where they're rehearsing. Uh, I believe Marvin was getting ready to play. He says it in that movie. He was getting ready to play the casino. When he was in that little tavern with the locals, he said to them that he was going to play the casino. And the local, the same guy that asked Marvin if he was from Paraguay. <laughs> when Marvin told him that he was going to play the casino, the guy was like, here in Ostend? And Marvin was like, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I believe that they were rehearsing for that concert that he gave, which is also available. You can get that. Oh, okay. So that's giving me so many ideas. I'm going to put the movie on my YouTube channel. I'm going to put that concert on my YouTube channel. I'm going to put this interview that I just watched of Marvin Gaye explaining using his own words to explain his inspiration why he sang the national anthem that way um, on the youtube channel there was something else oh here let me point this out let me this is this is what i need to share with you because i only came across this information since the two months now that i've been doing this podcast and i wouldn't i wasn't even looking for this one day i'm i don't know i think it may be kind of unique I'm in YouTube all the time, dude. I have, like, I, I've pointed out this TV before. And I think, like, in my very first episode, I pointed out this crazy TV that I have. And that it was a change from a previous one that I had. My previous one just conked out on me, so I changed over to this TV. And it just has all these apps in it, right? And I, we already know, I'm not a technology person. I don't do apps. I don't give a crap about downloading this and that app. I barely even allow a telephone you know what I'm so, but when I got onto this tv two things were now apps that I hadn't really ever paid attention to before Spotify which is how I switched over to it, and YouTube and I I'll tell you who I ever heard anything about YouTube about was my little niece my little niece long time ago would tell me about like I was you know just talking to her because I used to like to spend a lot of quality time with my little niece just taking her on trips and stuff and um not that I don't anymore but I just I haven't seen them as much lately and uh you know just kind of so what are you doing what do you like to do in your free time or whatever and pretty much she was just explaining that she watches YouTube all the time and the only thing the only like impression that I had of YouTube at that point was just like, oh no, like what are you watching on YouTube? I guess for some reason I had this impression that YouTube was just all of this cult following, like just really kind of odd, under the radar, weird content. I don't know. I, I don't know why that was like this pervasive just prejudice that I had about YouTube because I had most certainly not spent any time on it at all uh, but for some reason I had that very negative impression of it and 
So anyway, as I've just gotten this TV, it's an app and I would just, I would look on it and I'm like, wow, it's just kind of like a little on demand because there's just little channels that you can find that you're like, oh, that's stuff that I'm interested in, in hearing about. And they're, they're just like little home produced, um, you know, TV stations. <laughs> And, you know, some of them get to be very high quality production, you know, uh, value. So anyway, um, yes, YouTube is just, it's something that I uh, consume a lot, a lot of. So one night I was just in my regular YouTube, kind of on some of my regular channels that I'm subscribed to, and um for some reason, it was in the suggested video that popped up at the bottom as one of the videos I was finishing was playing. And it was saying, you know, the t the thumbnail and the title of the video was something. Of, let me actually, I've got it here. I've got a playlist of it. I've made a playlist. Um, my playlist is of Marvin Gaye um, singing the national anthem because... That has actually happened enough times to warrant me making a playlist about it. And I did not know that until um, this year. And just this very random encounter with a clip of Marvin Gaye singing the national anthem from 1968 in Detroit for the Detroit Lions. Um, the and I'm going to leave it there. Uh, again, look at Wikipedia. I don't give a fuck about. Look that up. You you can go to the YouTube channel and you'll see it there. Um, I don't. I, one thing I definitely don't know is sports. So I don't even know what the fuck. Because right now I think aren't the Detroit Lions football. But for some reason I also heard it being classified as World Series. And I do know enough that World Series is baseball. So those two things don't match. And I don't know why. And I don't care. But it was something in 1968 and it was in Detroit and it was some team with the word lions in it and he was singing the national anthem and he was very straight laced and he had on an, a nice suit and tie and he just sang it by the book. Okay. And then, so since then I've come across on YouTube the other two times before 1983 that he broadcast on TV saying the national anthem. Next, he sings it, and I just got this one the other day. This just popped up. Again, I wasn't searching for it. I didn't know. Like, it blew my mind when I saw 1968 that he sang the national anthem because I was like, oh, so he did that before, you know? This wasn't a one-time crazy shooting from the hip, no precedence for him experience. No, he actually did that before he did it in 1968 and then in 1974 he did it again for a football game I think that they said that was the Oakland Raiders he did it again he did it by the book he wasn't in a suit at that point he was dressed for the game you know saying it very by the book though puts a little bit he puts a little bit of Marvin into it but it's it's the national anthem and then he does it again in 1979. Now, at that point in time, Marvin had invested a lot of his money into uh, backing, uh, managing a boxer, that a professional boxer that was going up against a professional other boxer that 
was going to result in a nationally televised fight. Like it was really, really hyped up. And I don't want to give incorrect information because again, I don't have this in front of me and I really don't give a fuck about these little minuscule details. But I believe it was Sugar Ray Leonard. Was it Sugar Ray Leonard? Like Marvin had a boxer that he was managing and, and, you know, training up and just in the boxing game. Like that was Marvin felt like he had some potential to, you know, make some good money in the boxing game. He was an athlete himself. He, um, you know, had a passion for that. So he went all in uh, into this and they had a nationally televised fight, a big, you know, oh my gosh, I do love boxing though. I will say that all about Muhammad Ali um, and grew up watching boxing. You know what? No, I was about to say 1979. No, I was just a few months old. <laughs> I was like, did I watch that fight? You know, because the only thing that I would have meant was, was that fight on in my grandparents' house? And were we watching it? Because, uh, you know, fights that were coming on, you know, nationally televised. This was before pay-per-view, right? Like, you couldn't pay to view it. So they would just be on TV. But, yeah, we were about boxing. Um, but so it was like a big deal fight like that. And I feel like the fight happened. Like they were the main opening event fight or something. And uh, you know what? I'm thinking that perhaps it wasn't Sugar Ray Leonard. I think that perhaps the main event was Sugar Ray Leonard. And somehow Marvin's boxer fought with whoever he was fighting against before the main, main event. You know, because they usually have a couple of matches. And so, it you know, his Marvin's fighter got knocked out real, real early. And actually, I feel like it's Howard Cosell full that's announcing that Marvin Gaye's about to start singing the national anthem in this video. I For some reason, I need to quit looking for this. I'm not seeing it on my YouTube channel. I got to get my settings um, figured out here, viewing it on the different... I'm looking at it on my TV right now and it looks different on the TV than uh, other places. So I'm not finding it, but I'm going to stop looking at that. Um, I, the voice sounds like Howard Cosell, you know, that really famous sports announcer uh, from back in those days. Right. But whoever it is that's introducing Marvin is just saying that. You know, Marvin Gaye is like almost, I feel, I think like I could be elaborating a little bit, but he's almost saying like Marvin Gaye is one of his favorite singers and here he comes, he's about to sing the national anthem for the group. But he just, he also, you know, they always want to talk a little bit of shit, right? Um, so he's like, you know, and Marvin Gaye's writer just got knocked out in like the first 31 seconds or something. It was something like really, really quick. So he lost his fight like really quick and Marvin lost a lot of money really quick. So that's Marvin's reality right at that time. And then they're like, and now he's getting ready to sing the national anthem. So it is kind of helps though, like with that um, insight, as you're getting ready to see Marvin sing, you can see that on his face. I feel like Marvin is wearing a suit and he has a jacket, but I feel like he has the jacket like just kind of flung over his shoulder, like he's kind of holding his jacket over his shoulder, something like that. Like Marvin looks a little bit disheveled and um, and like his fighter just lost him a lot of money, but he sings the national anthem right there. So is that three? That's 1968. That's 1974 at a, the football game. And then this right here at a boxing match. So Marvin 
Let's go back to what I said in the beginning. It's a difficult song just for the fucking lyrics, fool. That's what I'm saying. Like, we as Americans don't even know that fucking song. It's our national anthem. Who the fuck knows the words to the national anthem? We don't, okay? And I'm saying that because I know I can see this as an international audience. We do not know the lyrics to our national anthem. It's too complicated. (laughs) And this shit was written in 1814, right? It's like, what the fuck do these words even mean? I'm sorry, like, I don't even know what a fucking rampart is. <laughs> so, you know, we can't sing along. We cannot ever sing along to this shit. If you can, you're that type of person. <laughs> but when I was even just researching and I actually had come across this once a long time ago myself, there's like that, our national anthem goes on. That's why I say when they broke it down, they broke it down. Our national anthem is very, very long. Okay. It's much longer than the only part that they sing of it ever. Like that shit is, it's like a couple pages long little poem is really what it started out as it was a poem. Then it got set to music. Um, and it was, I saw that it was inspired from something from the War of 1812, okay? So that's where this time frame that it's from is, you know, we're, we're not in that time frame. Um, it could use a refresh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, it's a difficult song and everybody can't sing it. You know, you just can't sing it because it's so many words that don't really flow, right? Like, it's like, and they're not words that you, it would be kind of like, trying to sing something Shakespeare wrote, you know, it's like, well, huh? I mean, it's not that difficult, but it's not the way that we speak nowadays. So that makes the song a little bit more difficult to learn. And then you just always add, it's all it's professional performing artists. There, there's pressure, right? And like, cause all I stop, right? Like it is a dedicated, respected, focused moment of, an event and you know all eyes are on you so don't fuck up (laughs) and it's it's just that much extra pressure but by the time we get to 1983 I did not realize that Marvin had three times of doing that under his belt so what I just came across was this interview with Marvin from 1983 and it doesn't have who's speaking to him here but I do believe that the guy's name is Tom Joyner let me see if it does tell me any details here um, no, it's not telling me who he's singing or talking to, but I, I've seen this man before. I do believe that his, is something Joyner? He's a legend in music, uh, broadcasting here in, in the U.S. Um, but the, it, there's, it is an interview and it keeps kind of fading in and out. It, it will go to a black screen where then they put the next topic that they're going to discuss. And then it cuts back into Marvin talking. And so it went to a screen that said the national anthem, and then it went into Marvin Gaye. And so he was explaining that he was inspired to put a twist on it from, he said something that Mahalia Jackson would have done. I don't know if that means Mahalia Jackson ever did put her own twist and flair on the national anthem, but definitely, you know, what I, I get is, and we go to this, uh, series so far, I've explained Marvin had 
a sense of um, deep responsibility to his gift from God uh, and just like a connection to God and a responsibility to God with his use of his gift. So, and I, you know, I'm not, I don't even want to quote him. I will paraphrase, but he said something to the effect of um, he asked God that when he sang it, to let him move the souls of men. Mission accomplished. Um, he also explained that he intended to have a slight, and he did, he's, he's telling us that he did this, um, but that we probably not did not necessarily pick up on it because he says it was very slight, uh, a reggae flair to it. So now I need to listen to it again for that. But he's like, he did it to a marching beat, he said. And then he said, with a slight little reggae flair to it. And um, somewhere, and I believe it might have been from Marvin too, I heard the reference at the very end, and, and I, I hope you have picked up on this. He says at the end, oh, say does thy star-spangled banner yet wave, and that supposedly like intentionally he used the word thy um kind of just separating himself from putting himself under that star-spangled banner i do believe um he in this literal interview where he just explained that about where he what the fuck for why he did the star-spangled banner like that <laughs> Um, he's explaining that he owes the United States government $4 million in that. And then I was in the biography, I was reading that, and it was just explaining that he was kind of at his wits end once he had returned here to the U.S. Um, from being over in Austin, Belgium, is that, you know, all of the financial obligations that he still was under picked right back up. And so basically, like, all money that he was making and that was coming in was kind of immediately being picked up and taken away by the government. He, um, you know, this is the taxes thing, dude. It's one thing that is a, a question that I have in thinking of pursuing my own business type of thing. I've been just, I've told you that in the last episode, I just kind of have my own business uh, ideas going, but there's just so much stuff that you have to make sure that you would take the time to study up on and be in compliance with in order to not fuck yourself over at the end of the day when it comes to handing your money over to the man, okay? And that's what it's like. I don't want to fuck with man, dude. The man is not to be fucked with. And so, you know, a big, huge part of going about any type of a for-yourself boss endeavor is you better have all your shit together when it comes to making sure that you're giving the man his cut of shit because I don't even want to be having to deal with that shit. And that's what I see was a big part. And, you know, Marvin made that perfectly known of his... Um, career and I can you know as for professional musicians that is something it, it there's no w2 right there is no w4 there is no how many people are you declaring that to tells us how much for taxes were taken out of your shit so that we got you um you know 
hopefully evening up or we owe you a little bit at the end of the year tax time. No, right? Like it's just, so part of what I've just a little guidance that I've gotten recently, and this was great guidance. And I love this. It's like, if you go ahead and you get into some type of your own boss endeavor and you're starting to make your money coming in just best practice uh, tip. And here's for just anybody just, not that like I know what I'm doing, but this is just something that I heard that it would make me feel so much more comfortable. And like I was, you know, in a, a safe little nest, you know, just going about this the correct way. They're like, take 30% of what you bring in, set it aside that your taxes. And then at the end of the year, when you need to, you know, get with your little now for the first time, you probably will have to have an accountant if you well, because I do my own taxes, right? But if it's like you got to go get yourself a little accountant and just have this, you know, professionally prepared for you, have 30% of the shit that you brought in for the year that you left sitting there untouched because you knew that that is what you needed to be setting aside for taxes. And then, you know what, hopefully 30% is going to be more than you needed to save. So there's your little refund to yourself at the end of the year. And now you can take a vacation or something. You know what I mean? But it was like, you just have to be so in control and ahead of the game of your own shit like that in order to avoid these deep degree complications that Marvin was experiencing at this point in time. Like $4 million, that's deep, but. And he was explaining, he just flat out was saying that he was broke and that, you know, that's his money was going to the man. So, um, yeah, that was just where he was at. Um, so the star spangled banner, um, yeah, it's just Marvin Gaye. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's kind of, I can only explain it that simply like that because that's where we're at by this time into this podcast. It's just Marvin Gaye. That's just a prime example, but it's the best example to you, not to me, but for me to share with you, um, of the breakdown of what I meant when I say Marvin Gaye is the baddest motherfucker that there ever was, because I don't really give a fuck. I, when I was looking up the Star Spangled Banner right now, it leads with Marvin Gaye, you know, when it gets into performances. Now, Marvin Gaye, you know, gave a personalized rendition of it. Then, always kind of hand in hand, if you're going to just talk about the United States National Anthem, there's two people that get associated with that. It's Marvin Gaye and it's Whitney Houston. I, they do oftentimes rank Whitney Houston as the best time it was ever done. And I'm happy to give that to her. I get chills to this day. I get a tear and a chill every time that I still hear her sing that. That was our angel. I love me some Whitney Houston. And so, yes, absolutely. Because that was on national anthem, right? Like that's just straight up the national anthem, but the baddest bitch delivery of that ever. Um, and then, though, somebody that is the baddest motherfucker that there ever was, well, that's Marvin Gaye. That's just Marvin Gaye. And that's just the February 13th, 1983 NBA All-Star performance time that he did the National Anthem. He just felt like doing it like that that day. Okay? That's Marvin Gaye. It's just Marvin Gaye. 
That's just what he decided to do for it that time that he sang it. It wasn't the first time he sang it, but he just decided to do it like that that day. That he just prepared and got ready the night before. Because it's just Marvin Gaye, though. You know, that's what the baddest motherfucker that there ever was is going to just, that's how he's going to do it. So it's just Marvin Gaye. So, oh yeah, just uh, one thing that I want to share about um, first time experiencing this song, this experience, this this video. It's a video, right? You That's how you take it in is I do it, watch it on the video. Um, I've got it on, you know, disc, uh, for the Marvin Gaye collection, but there's another, uh, level to it watching Marvin in that stadium and seeing the real time experience that it was for everybody. So the depth of the first experience of this, um, I used, I worked at an engineering firm for a really, really long time and I'm not an engineer though. Right. So it was just a unique experience working with engineers. They are a unique experience. So (laughs) there was this, uh, it was a, um, Olympics year one time and there was this one dude, though, that worked there, uh, this Mexican dude, who was just really down to earth. So he was an engineer, but he was really, really down to earth and really cool. And uh, he would just always try and like anybody that he was on the project team with, he would just, you know, try and get to know you a little bit. So very quickly and very easily to get to know me was Marvin Gaye. Right. So and he could get with that. He he was down. He didn't know a lot about Marvin Gaye. He knew I heard it through the grapevine. Let's get it on sexual healing. What's going on? But he didn't know a whole lot, but he knew that that was enough, right? Like that's Marvin Gaye. So uh, there was this one time, it was a year where the Olympics were going on, right? Now it was an Olympic year. And so as a part of that, you know, all like Olympics type of stuff. And like I said, that's where they do a lot of around the world. Our national anthem gets played, right? Because you win your gold medal, they play your national anthem. So I know it was like a lot of, you know, just hyping up the Olympics and hyping up the national anthem. Uh, At that time, they, I think it was a commercial. I think it might've been a Nike commercial or something, but there was some commercial where they played a little snippet of Marvin Gaye singing the anthem like that, which then... No, and I think maybe it led, had a link to the full performance. So it was like, I think they were doing a little tease. And then it, so it might have been an online thing, right? And then you could link and see the whole performance. So this full, he got his mind destroyed by seeing that. <laughs> this Wendy. <laughs> he comes rushing up to me at work, dude. He needed to let me know because he didn't think that I knew this. And he had to make sure that I understood that Marvin Gaye, like, broke the national anthem like that, dude, destroyed, annihilated, um, made his own the national anthem. And he just came up to me, dude, it was like emergency 911. Like, we had to stop working to talk about the fact that Marvin Gaye... Did you know that the Marvin Gaye, like, sang the national anthem, dude? But, like, the way that he sang it, I'm like... I'm, my man really was affected by that. You know what I'm saying? 
And I was just like, yes, dude, I did. It's like that, though. You know what I'm saying? Welcome. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's just like, on behalf of Marvin, I will say to you, you're welcome. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like that, though. It's, that's just what this is. Just knowing, loving, and, um, you know, being about Marvin Gaye, dude, it's, 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 it's like this, though. This is where it's at. It's on this level. So, you know, you're welcome. I, I hope that you just will always remember that you saw that and you will never forget that you did. But yeah. So, um, yeah, there's just, dude, trust and believe. And it's not, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. And, um, yeah, let's, let's just understand all of that and, um, say thank you to Marvin. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you, my love. All right. Let's, um, keep it moving. I'm trying to think, oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you the next episode because where I'm back to right now, cause I was like, where am I going? And it was like, you know what? I have to go back to the Marvin Gaye collection for a few episodes because there's some monumental things from the Marvin Gaye collection that in my life, in this 26 years ago, was going on concurrently. It was Marvin Gaye collection, discs, well, cassette tapes at the time because, oh, let me, and I'm going to tell this story right now too. Before I leave, I'm going to tell the story of how I got my hands on the Marvin Gaye collection because this is in honor of my whole entire family. Um, but... Yes, when I first had my hands on the Marvin Gaye collection, it was via cassette tapes because there used to be the, this is how you used to dub a disc back in the day. <laughs> I love this, dude. I love going old school. You would put a disc into your disc thing and then there was some type of a connection cord and it would connect up to your old school boom box and you would put a blank tape into that and somehow when you would get, you'd play your disc and you'd start to be able to record, you could only record that disc onto a cassette set tape. That was the only way that you could make a air quotes copy of the disc. So I left with four cassette tapes of the four discs of the Marvin Gaye collection. And so I came home, I had those, I had to have an old school, you know, little discman, right? Every, or was that, what did they, is that what they used to be called? Uh, a Walkman, a Walkman, 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 Walkman. <laughs> and then you know, in between being on the Walkman, I would be on the actual vinyl record because that was the only access to what's going on that I had at that time. But those two things were going on hand in hand. Um, so I'm done with what's going on, guys. I don't need to do an episode on what's going on. It speaks for itself. The only thing that I could just give the ultimate praise about the literal song, What's Going On, is that there are a several seconds of strings that I have just always said, ah, could those strings just be playing when I die? That's all. Just could that be playing the moment that I make my transition? That's just how heavenly they are. Um, it's about 2.32, 34, 36 in the song. Um, but I don't, that's, it, that's, I'm not going to do an episode on that. I mean, you know that song. Um, and like I, I've told you, there's therefore, you know, you know the, the mission and the value of this um, podcast and the, the YouTube channel 
what am I going to tell you about what's going on if it's not a book report? And I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. And you listen to that song. Um, but back to getting into the Marvin Gaye collection, you know, so I'm done with what's going on for you right now. But it was like, oh, my God, the national anthem is in the Marvin Gaye collection. Hells to the fucking yes, dude. And because how I just ended on saying the previous episode that Marvin Gaye is the baddest motherfucker that there ever was. Well, this is the prime breakdown of that. Okay, that's what I'm saying ever was because this motherfucker is 209 years old. It was 169 years old when he did it. It's 200, oh, 205, excuse me, did I say 209, 205 years old now. And who has ever done it like that since nobody, nobody ever will top that shit. So ever was. Um, but the next song that I will do an episode on is also I first was exposed to in the Marvin Gaye collection, and that is Distant Lover live from the 1974 Marvin Gaye live concert album. So that's going to all oh, my, oh, <laughs> yes. So that's the next episode. Um, and Marvin Gaye collection. So Let's go back to these days. I haven't even thought about these days since the first episodes here, which is getting to be a couple months back. But, okay, the Marvin Gaye collection, right? I come home, I have it on cassette tape. But by then, dude, like, we were into the disc world. We were into the compact disc world. I wasn't really trying to have to listen to that shit on tape all the time. If I wanted to get to the next song, I'm sitting there having a whole fucking button, waiting a couple of minutes until it gets to, oh, well, let me stop it and play it. And is it right there? I, I don't got time for that. I want to hit one button and get to the top of the next song. So it was my ultimate mission and goal to try and track that box set down so that I could have it for myself. But it was expensive. It was $100 plus. It was more than $100. And I did not. I didn't have that kind of money when I was that age. I did not. Did not get my hands collectively on $100 until I was about 15 years old. I've stated that. And when I was 15 years old, because I had been babysitting. Um, I made, I had a choice to make. I was either going to get myself a little TV or a really banging booming at that time, little, uh, boom box connected. You know, it had everything connected. It was the disc player. It was an old school tape player, radio, but some nice speakers too. And I opted for that. And that's what allowed the Marvin Gaye journey to just keep on at the right, you know, acoustic level. Um, and, uh, the Marvin Gaye disc, but the Marvin Gaye collection discs, right? Um, can't find it. Can't find it. There really isn't much of the internet yet at this point in time, too. I did find out that box set came out in 1990. I think that it was a very limited edition release, right? I don't think that it was like massively being pumped out and just continually replenished. And because um, it was 93. Right. By the time that I'm getting started, by the time that I've for my first time physically been exposed to it, that was in 93 and it wasn't still widely uh, available anywhere. So we came back to where I live and, you know, I'm just like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I want to find it. I want to find it. And I can. And like I said, there isn't internet much. And so there is no getting online, looking up the Marvin Gaye collection, going to where it is for sale on eBay or Amazon. Do the, I don't even think do those things exist in 93. <laughs> and there is no online buying it on demand. 
Um, you're going to have to find that in a record store somewhere. So one time we were like across the state from where I lived and we were in a mall and we were like, I've told you by this point too, any place that there ever was a music store. So was it Best Buy? Cause that was where I just always went. That was the little family regular field trip outing for me. You know, I had some down people in my life and my family, right? I had some down adults that were just really like, this little girl is crazy as hell. Need to just get all this music all the time. But okay, we will take her. We will take her. We will take her. <laughs> um, so this one day, like across the state from where I lived, we were in this mall and we're walking through this mall. And I've, I've never really been up in this mall before. And... <clears throat> So I don't know what store is coming next. We're in the mall, you know, in that main aisle in the mall. I don't know what's the next store, what's the next store. But we come to this one store and sitting in the window on display is the Marvin Gaye collection. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the first time. This was the first time that I'm seeing that since I had come across it in North Dakota and my uncle's position. And so, oh my gosh, we had to stop and go into that store and I needed to look at it and pick it up. And that's when I first got my price point on it and it was over a hundred dollars and my little heart was absolutely broken and we weren't getting it that day. It wasn't that type of, you know, it was like, I wasn't spoiled like that. We just, you know, we were hard working for the money and ain't nobody, you know, so we wasn't going, I, I wasn't walking out of the store with that one. You know what I'm saying? $20. Okay. But no, like not, not that, not unexpected, not just right on the spot like that. We weren't there for that. And so it was just heart breaking though to have to just, this was it. It was in my hands. It was, oh, it could have, it, it was the first and only time yet that it, you know, here it is, but it couldn't be mine at that moment. So, you know. I will say this, I, we were spoiled at Christmas time. My stepmom just like did Christmas, dude. She was all about Christmas. She just made Christmas every year. And it was a beautiful experience every year. Christmas cookies, just the whole family around the table, you know, rolling out dough and doing little cookie cutters and sprinkles and glitter and shit. And, you know, the... um peanut butter and Hershey kiss cookies and just uh croom kaka because right I told you Norwegian so croom kaka and just all kinds of ah oh, just filling up the home with the holiday goodies doing the Christmas tree always getting a real huge Christmas tree and we take the day and we decorate it and dress it up and all of the you know gathered up ornaments over time in the years um and we were just spoiled for Christmas with the gifts. She just went overboard every year with the Christmas gifts. So there was this one year though, where I was very respectful of, that's not what Christmas is all about though, right? And it's not about how many gifts you get. And it's not about asking for every single little random, you know, a mile long list. Cause we, we, that's what we got to do. We got to give a list. We put together our Christmas wish list and we got to give that list to our parents. And you know, those were the things that we were really, truly hoping to get. And we had a good chance of getting them because we were really, really spoiled for Christmas anyway, but it would be, they would definitely try and tailor to what we were asking for. 
So I do remember, though, this one year, I only had like 10 things on my list, dude. But you know why? Because I know one of the things was these costs headphones that I was telling you about. Um, they had a lifetime warranty. You know what? I'm going to have to look up and see if they even make those things anymore. This is 26 years ago, right? I don't even know if that brand still exists or anything like that. But at that point in time, that was what I really wanted some. And like I said, they had a lifetime warranty. I know at a certain point I did break a pair of my cost headphones because I've told you the story. I used to have to go to sleep to Marvin Gaye. And those were the headphones that I had, these big ass, thick ass headphones. And so when you, you are starting to drift to sleep and you might fall over, I'm a slight sleeper, you drift over onto your side, then that's putting like weird pressure on on the headphones they broke but they had a lifetime guarantee um so and i remember it was like five dollars you just box them up you put them in a box you ship it back five dollars shipping and they will send you a brand new pair back so that couldn't have been why i would be asking for a new pair i must have been asking for my first pair of them um and just only nine other things but i know at some point uh and I don't, it might not have been this one year, but there was one year, of course, that for Christmas, I was asking for the Marvin Gaye collection. And I know that the year that I did get the Marvin Gaye collection, it was tied to a very short Christmas list that I had provided. And it wasn't a lot. I remember I had like socks on my list. I was keeping it really simple. And I really simply did mean it. You know, I, I wasn't trying to look like a really, really good kid to my parents. Like I just legitimately didn't need to have an overdone Christmas. But this one year that I did have a really short list, it was a very, very overdone Christmas anyway. And it got to the point where I like, I was really the last person opening up gifts. And I had a nine years younger than me, little sister. Christmas was way more for her at that point in time than it was that type of an opening gifts experience for me. So I was feeling a little bit embarrassed and guilty for all of these gifts that I had just gotten. But, and this, I know this was the year I had asked really hard for the Marvin Gaye collection. And so I had been overwhelmed with all of these gifts and now it was literally down to my last one. And I hadn't gotten the Marvin Gaye collection. And the last gift that there was, was, you know, in this box that wasn't the Marvin Gaye collection shape so you know I just I realized I didn't you know I knew it was difficult to get you know I knew it was hard to get so I didn't I didn't get it this year and that was fine you know what I mean I had them on I had them on the cassette tape so now and but like I said I'm the last person that's opening gifts and so everybody is sitting there and all eyes are on me now because at least finally this is my last gift so you know good gosh um so literally everybody the family is sitting there watching me and like I said, it was this bigger box and it wasn't the shape of the, the Marvin Gaye collection. So I had absolutely no expectation that that's what it is. And I'm just opening and opening it. And they had a, you know, it was one of those, like, you got to take off the paper. And then it was a really taped up, just plain cardboard box too. But they had that shit taped all the way up. So now I had to get scissors and cut into it and open it. It was just like, what the hell is this last thing here? You know what I'm saying? And it was so plain, just a plain box. There was no way I could tell what this was. And it was like, I'm kind of almost a little bit like done with gifts now. You know what I'm saying? Like I've already gotten like way too many. Like why did, why is this the last thing that I'm, that they like purposely saved to be my last thing? And uh, I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of over gifts right now. So let's, this thing, they made it so difficult to get into. So, okay, let me open it up. And oh, it was the Marvin Gaye collection. Oh my gosh. I couldn't help it. I started to cry. Um, they all started to cry. They didn't, 
understand how intense my reaction was going to be. <laughs> oh my God. I had the Marvin Gaye collection. Oh, it was every single thing. So now you will have the Marvin Gaye collection because like I said, just give me a little time. I want to do beautiful um, presentations of each song, but you have the Marvin Gaye collection now too. Um, it's just Marvin Gaye. It's just at this level. It's just what it is. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I'm thankful that you have, you know, this understanding and you rely on what you should be relying on in this life. And ah, yes. Next episode, distant lover life. Love you. Bye-bye. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. Did we have fun? I had fun. <laughs> Subscribe to our show so you never miss the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. And we're excited to announce that you can follow us on Pinterest at our page, pinterest.com forward slash Marvin Gaye underscore enduring underscore gifts. There, you can see our gorgeous picture boards for each podcast episode, among many others. These boards are full of images of Marvin, capturing key moments from each episode. We're making this a listening and viewing experience for you. So until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>